welcome to Universal After Dark, a universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this super special Christmassy edition of Universal After Dark. I'm your host, as usual, Amanda, and I'm joined by some super extra special guests today. So, we have Craig. Ho, ho, ho. I'm just roasting me chestnuts the open fire. <laughs> oh, you're so festive. Thanks. Mm. We have Nick. Having spent time with Craig, I can indeed confirm he is a three times ho. <laughs> three times ho. <laughs> we have Paul D. God bless us one and all, Governor. <laughs> That's a good impression oh, of me, Paul, actually. <laughs> I can hear him scraping his gruel there. Please, sir, more. More, please. And we have our lovely friends, Ryan and Dan, from Theme Park Trader. Happy Christmas, everyone. Hello. Well, I mean, they may not be our friends by the end of this. They may not <laughs> no. be my friends by the end of this. But they're our friends for right now. So, this is going out to you on Christmas Day. So, we hope that you're having the most magical Christmas ever. Well, if they listen to this, if they if they listen to this, though, surely they're not. Well, I mean, I feel like on Christmas Day you get up and you're dead excited and you do all your presents and stuff and you do all your bits with your family. You have your dinner and then everyone just gets a little bit bored. I agree. Yeah, perfect time. I think you know, after a morning full of Christmas tunes, you kind of want something different, don't you? Yeah, and, you know, Christmas afternoons where everyone kind of separates and they go and do their own thing. They play with the new phone, which is what you probably listen to this on now. So, yeah, Christmas Day was the ideal day to release this. So, Queen's Speech, sorry, Christmas dinner, Queen's Speech, this episode. Does that still happen? Queen's Speech, right? Yeah, but you could listen to it during the Queen's Speech if you want. Yeah, <laughs> Just I mean, I've been listening to Queen's Speech for about 10 years. We have got the queen of podcasting on our show, so same thing. Exactly. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> Nick the yeah, lady Nick. boy. Oh, you can't say anything like that anymore, can you? Nick the boy wants to be a lady and he's entitled to it if he wants to. <laughs> very, very true. Very true. Right. So, the reason that we have Ryan and Dan on today is because we've been planning this for a really long time. I think it's got to be almost a year now that we've been planning this for. Am I right in thinking that? May. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's been, been an awful long time coming. But <laughs> what was that? Bucks fizz. That was be Bucks fizz of just pouring. Oh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, I'm going to get to the drinks in a minute, but I Too thought late. I'd let everyone know why. Yeah. We've got special guests on oh, first. Sh- I know, yeah, but I'm dead thirsty. I've been running around all day, morning, oh, no. Christmas morning. Okay, we'll do the drinks first then. Seeing as just like ruining my introductions. Sorry, but sorry, beard. Okay, Craig, Craig, tell us what you're drinking. Why are you being so fancy? <sighs> Bucks fizz. Uh, because it's Christmas. Because it's Christmas. Mm-mm-mm. Wait, do, do they have Bucks Fizz in America? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Okay, so Craig, why don't you tell our American listeners what Bucks Fizz is then? It's a, it's a refreshing... Band. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that as well. 
-hmm. It's a refreshing blend of sparkling white wine and orange juice. So press pause now, go into the cupboard or go down to the 7-Eleven or whatever you crazy cats do and get a bottle of pure orange juice and a bottle of white wine and get blitzed. You know what? I literally did not know that that's where it is. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was champagne and, and orange juice. Mm. Same thing, sparkling white wines, Prosecco, in it, champagne. Depends if, you yeah. go, it depends if you bought it from Lidl or Marks and Spencer's. That's yeah, true. <laughs> I think this is Asda's. Oh, the supermarkets <laughs> are available. Okay, Nick, what are you drinking? Uh, it wouldn't be Christmas uh, without me drinking some cherry Pepsi packs, of course. Cheers. Have you got vodka in it today? Uh, let's say yes. Let's say there's vodka <laughs> in it, yeah. Why not? Let's say yes to that. Paul, what are you drinking? I've got um, Jack Daniels and Coke in a can. Oh, oh classy. Yes. yes. <clears throat> That's what we're all drinking on Christmas Day in my house. Cheers. <laughs> and our guests Ooh. of honour, Ryan and Dan, what are you guys drinking? I'll go first. I've got a Ho Garden, which reminds me of Craig. Of, oh. yeah, uh, of no. <laughs> uh, of when I was in Belgium, I was in Belgium last December, and it was very Christmassy. So I thought I'd uh, crack open a Ho Garden. What's oh. what Ho Garden? It's um, it's basically a wheat beer brewed with coriander and orange peel. That's a borderline oh, late drink. Oh, try, try it. You will be persuaded otherwise. Yeah, it's, it's, I can, I can uh, vouch for that. It definitely is not a ladies' drink. You can't oh. vouch for that. I've drank with you. <laughs> okay, Dan, what are you drinking? Wait, I, I'm going to be the boring one. I've got water. Oh, Dan. You're the Paul Washington of the podcast. <laughs> but I, I don't drink, so... I'm going to oh, don't admit that on this podcast, Dan. <laughs> you have to lie on this podcast, Jesus Christ, I always hey, drink water. Well, Amanda, hey, Christmas whoa, episode. Just be, I don't ever drink water. <laughs> that was a lie. I'm drinking Budweiser like I always do. <laughs> if a man was a okay. fish, it'd be filled with Budweiser. I, I actually would be. And American listeners know what Budweiser is, and they know that it's rubbish, but I don't even care. So, on to what we're here for, then. So if you follow my Twitter or you watch any of my videos or you listen to this podcast regularly, you'll know that I am one gigantic E.T. fan. I love E.T. more than anything. Well, I'm a, I'm a little one, but with like a gigantic love of E.T. So that attracts a lot of attention on Twitter with we people either agreeing with me or people slating my decisions on loving E.T. So... We decided that we were going to have a debate episode with Ryan and Dan from Theme Park Trader because they always get in on my love of ET by bashing it. Haters. We try. Haters has got a hate. <laughs> so we thought we'd settle it like adults and have a fist good fight. old-fashioned debate. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, we might have a fist fight. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen at Christmas? Stuff like that always happens on Christmas. Amanda. I'll blow up. I'll blow mm-hmm. up the paddling pool and get a bucket of mud if you want. <laughs> okay, deal. On Christmas Day. Um, how how do you want to do this? Because, I mean, normally with a debate, you might have like an adjudicator or something. Um, but are you literally just going to go around and ask everyone their own individual opinions? or? 
What are well, the rules? I feel like if I start with rules, it's going to fall to shit. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Because I'll start off doing it in a nice diplomatic way, and then everyone will start talking over each other, and everyone will have things that will pop into the head and that they'll want to say, and it'll just it'll go a completely different way anyway. So I thought maybe we could go around and ask opinions first so we can see who's on what team. And then we can go from there. Because although you may think that the Universal After Dark team would all be on my side, it turns out that they're not. Well, look, look, people are going to be on your side. um, (laughs) But we might have differences of opinion every now and again. Doesn't mean we're not on your side. That's Mm. healthy. Mm. Mm. So... Mm. Don't sound convinced, though. No, I'm not, I'm not really convinced. <laughs> but we all know that I love ET and I'll stick up for ET forever and ever and ever. But you may not know what everyone else feels. So, Craig, how are you feeling? I feel we have to support ET back, back here to the hilt and may she uh, or he uh, live forever. So I support ET. Okay, Nick. I love the film E.T. Um, it's one of my first childhood memories. And in fact, after seeing it at a cinema, I declared that I didn't want to be called Nick anymore, um, with or without a K. I wanted to be called Elliot. That being said, I think E.T. is one of the lamest attractions on property. I hate you a little bit. He's Sound no like longer me? Nick. He is e- Elliot now. <laughs> that book's face has gone right to me head. Okay, Paul D. Well, where do you sit with this? Yeah, so uh, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I think we we've talked about this before. I think Universal needs to keep some of its historic attractions. I think ET is a really popular ride. I think they should keep keep the ride, keep the queue, keep the front end of the ride. But I think they should gut the back end of the ride. All of that funky space. LSD fueled stuff on the alien planet should go, and they should put something more more updated. Um, so so keep keep some of it, keep the attraction, but but bring it up to date. Does some serious a serious overhaul? Because in its okay. current form, I don't I don't think it's going to survive. That's, that's a nice middle ground. That mm. was a keep, that Amanda. That was a keep. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what I heard. <laughs> keep us, keep us spend a lot of money on it. Put lots of 3D screens in there. Oh God! No, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> to me, that Honest. sounds like an expensive financial plan. That when the Universal uh, Parks team see that, they'll be like, "Ah, it's not worth it. Get rid of it." No, not unless they, not unless they, you know, really make it a a, a spectacular attraction. Okay, Ryan. Yeah, so I'm kind of in the same boat as Nick, I think, in that I can't deny that E.T., the movie, is a classic Spielberg. I love it. It's brilliant. But the attraction itself, it just doesn't do it for me at all. And, yeah, there's various reasons behind that, which we're going to discuss. But, yeah, I think it needs to go. And uh, I, I'm a fan of Nintendo taking its place. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dad. Uh, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Nick and Ryan here. Oh, um, damn. I think it's it's well and truly, you know, it's, it's served its time in the park. It's had its day. 
uh, it's time for you know bring in bring in something new from Universal. They've got plenty of franchises. Have you been drinking, Dan? <laughs> yeah, water. It's not water. It's your p- pure vodka. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I'm I'm going to open this up then with one of the reasons why. I believe E.T. should stay. And I'm going to take away my love of the film because E.T. is my favourite film as well. But I'm going to take that out of it and just look at it purely attraction-wise first. And I feel like the main thing that ties me to E.T. is that it's one of the only open day attractions that Universal still has. So they literally have E.T. and the horror makeup show. And once they've been taken away... We have nothing else from the park's beginning. And so I've been visiting Universal since 1992. So E.T. was the first ride I ever went on. And it's one of my first ever memories from being in the park. So for me to take that away, I'd have nothing really left of my my original concept of Universal. You just made me feel really guilty for coming on the show now. Good, because I get emotional about it. Because sounds um, scripted. <laughs> yes, that sounds like you've had that plan. But that, that is the main thing for me. And it's not necessarily that I think that E.T. is the greatest ride in existence, because I think that it's it's definitely not. And there's, there's, a, there's many rides better. that... <laughs> no, I think, I think that's too far. But that is kind of what ties me to my, my first memories, my first ever, ever memories, because I was only obviously two years old the first time that I visited. And when I watched things like my home movies from visiting back then, E.T. was a big part of that. And so that is honestly what really ties me to to the E.T. rides. Can we have like a bit of a, a, a background? Have you got any facts on the ride? Just to back up your, you know, you know, it was an opening day attraction, as you it say. It was an yeah? opening day attraction. And so now nowadays, the in the way that the ride is, you do have to be a, a certain height to ride it now because they do only have the bikes. But back then, they had a spaceship as well, so babies no one's could ever ride it. it. Well, yeah, right. I can't find evidence of them, but they did exist. I can back that up. Yes. And if anybody's ever seen the original pre-show, Steven Spielberg does talk about the spaceships in the original pre-show, but I'll get onto the original pre-show a bit later on because it, it was quite different and it kind of ties, it makes the whole ride tie together a bit more with the original pre-show than it kind of does now. Um, serious question. I know it's coming from me, but serious question. Um, did the Hollywood version have spaceships? Do we know? I don't know. I'm not sure. I imagine that maybe if if they were going to use the same videos, I'd imagine so. But because I'm I know it's a different, sure. I know it's in a different ride building, is or it was obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it was anywhere near as tall as the Orlando one. No, the, the spaceships were actually removed in 2004, 2005. So that's how recently they've been taken away, which was 12 yeah. years ago. Well, that but, that makes me feel surprised whenever i hear people saying oh, i've never never heard the spaceships never seen the spaceships when they weren't taken out all that long ago really mm. like people that will remember confrontation but won't remember the spaceships and that makes me uh, feel crazy like i've made it up um, i haven't 
from what I've read is Britannicus, that's his name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In the in the queue, he was the 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 point where you made your decision whether you went on a spaceship or a bike. Yes. So it so, split off into two. So kind of like on the mummy, where you split off and you go either side to either either track side. It was like that. Wow. So it it's been dumbed down by going to the bikes. Now he's a little bit redundant in the queue. I've never seen him in the queue because I've always fast passed it. Oh, what? Is there is exactly. there a need to, to fast pass it? Like... Just because you can. <laughs> with ultimate power comes ultimate <laughs> Literally, even if... Because the, the queue's never really more than 20 minutes anyway. It only tends to be 20 minutes kind of in, like, peak time in the summer or in the afternoon. But I, I happily wait in the queue and I'll let people just walk past me because I want to spend as much time in the queue as I can because I think it's got one of the most beautifully themed queues. But back back to the spaceship thing. So back then when you could ride in the spaceship, babies could ride it too. So the first time that I went on it with my family, obviously I was two years old, but my sister was only, I think, maybe about six or seven months old. And so she could ride in the spaceship. And the spaceship was kind of like a... um, like a spaceship Earth kind of vehicle. Like a bot, yeah. I think I've seen photographs on Google. Yeah, it's kind of like a tra- like a train kind of sort of thing, like spaceship Earth people move a type vehicle. So babies could ride it then, and I think maybe that opened up to a wider audience, really. Mm. Because it was, more, it was a more family friendly ride at the time, and. If it had that now, I think more people would maybe ride it because there isn't many family rides at Universal. I love your optimism. I love the fact that you honestly think that if they had spaceships stuck to those bikes still, that people would would be more inclined to go on ET. Well, they would. No, they would. No. What can you you ride at Universal with a baby? You'd have about five more people on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't. You'd have loads. Okay, six. It's hot outside, so even if you just want to go in there to get some air conditioning and so that your baby can actually experience something, people would ride it. You, know, you, you did mention the queue, though, Amanda, and, and although um, although I'm against the ride, I do have to agree the queue is pretty cool. There's a, actually, that's a good point. Does anybody here, whether you are for ET or against ET, does anyone actually not like the queue? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's amazing. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, <laughs> it's majestic. It's theming before theming was a thing. Yeah. It could have just been a queue like Rip Ride Rocky, but it's not. They took, they put you, they immersed you into the forest on the night that ET gets lost. Craig. Left behind. Hang on. Wasn't the first time you saw that queue with me? No. I've. I've <laughs> I've seen it in the past. Okay, but no, but I, I, I'm I'm with everyone on most mostly everyone. I I think it's one of the best Q themes I've ever seen. I remember the first time um, before I I actually went on the ride for the first time, and I was standing in that queue, and I was looking at the forests all around, and I just thought, wow, this this is something. Considering as well as Amanda pointed out that that ride opened in 1990 
Um, and I, I mean, I'm sure it's been touched up a few times since then. But you know, th- that I'm was sure a queue. few people have been touched up in that queue. <laughs> that's, a, that's another I'm show. Um, but um, I really think it is it's strongly themed. Um, and I'm surprised that Yankee Candle don't try and sell, you know, E.T. Forest as one of their candles or something. Honestly, they would make an absolute killing. If they sold From those you. in the gift shop, Universe could even make their own because I found the company that, that makes the scent. Boom. And they make sense for all kinds of businesses, but apparently it's a customised one. But if they could work with that company and sell air fresheners candles room sprays they would make so much money i would keep i would keep them in business honestly that's interesting you said that though because like i know it's a different part but disneyland paris their hotels have bespoke scents but you can buy those scents quite openly from the company that manufactures them so i'm surprised that it's so exclusive that they there's no kind of commercial version of it no, I'm, and I've been all over this website. It's an American company. They do have a, a UK partner, and I've been all through that. And you can't even get a like sample of anything unless you're a company looking to buy thematic scents, basically. Mm. But I am really surprised that you know companies that make Disney-inspired candles, and some of them even make universal ones. Like there's a company that makes like butterbeer-scented candles. That nobody's been able to get this scent to sell I think, it. I think you're right. It's an interesting one because I've seen so many people sell, like you know, Disney scented candles, as you said, but I haven't seen this one anywhere. I, and I would agree, like plenty of people would buy it. Yeah, I have spent time trawling through internet forums trying to find exact scents that are in the queue. Things like pine, things like maple, things like I don't even know what it was that I was looking for. But I was buying individual candles scented like those things to try and mix them together, and it just smelled awful. Yeah. It was, it was a bad experiment. Didn't go, yeah, <laughs> didn't go very well. But they would honestly make so much money from selling it because I've never heard anybody in real life say that they don't like the smell of ET. I've seen people hiding behind the little computers saying that they don't like the smell of ET, but I've yet to, to meet anybody. That says that they don't like it. I think the haters are starting to change their, their minds because they all like the queue and they all like the smell. So. Come on, that's that's two very small parts. We're not <laughs> we're not even we're not even on the right. I was going to say that 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 is where and that is exactly where it goes downhill, right? Yes. Because I when I was a kid, I wanted to go to Universal so bad, more than Disney. I remember seeing an advert for Universal Studios Orlando. When uh, you you had King Kong, you had Jaws, and you had E.T. all shown in that advert. And I thought, Mm -hmm. this looks like the greatest place on earth. I wasn't able to go when I was a kid. I didn't go till I was in my 20s. And I remember queuing up for E.T. I'd already had the disappointment of of Kong going a few years before I first went. So, you know, I had that. I had Kong and I had Jaws. Sorry, I had E.T. and I had Jaws. And uh, I've been on Jaws and I loved it. It was everything I wanted it to be and more. And E.T. I was always a bit apprehensive about because I heard that uh, it kind of goes a little bit small world and I'm getting off that ride and thinking that was lame. Yet, queuing up for it, I was really excited. I think, yeah, I, I, I would agree. And I think if just backtrack a little bit to where, you know, Spielberg comes in and introduces it, that kind of grates me a little bit. 
Ooh. I just find him. I, I love Spielberg. Don't get me wrong. I think he's an no, awesome director. Spielberg hater. No, no you, you cannot say that I'm a Spielberg hater. <laughs> but in that video, it's just so painful to watch. Mm. Like him force the story on you. Yeah. I wonder, because there was rumours for a long time, and I don't know, man, if you know anything more about this or not, but there was rumours for a long time that there was a script written for a second E.T. film, and he felt that, you know, he he didn't want to do a sequel to E.T. necessarily. Um, and I think that's really where this theme park got its ideas from, from what would have been a sequel to E.T. Well... How like when when was the first time that you guys um experienced ET? The the ride or the ride. The ride. Nineteen ninety three. Okay. Nick Nick, when was yours? Two thousand and seven. Okay. Ryan? Uh mine would have probably been ninety three or four. Okay. And Dan? I think it would have been nineteen ninety eight. Uh, Mr D was there opening day, I imagine. Takes a lot. <laughs> As a young man, oh, of with course, a, yeah, with a full head of hair, yeah. Okay, <laughs> now so, I think it's two thousand and five, Amanda. I think right, we, we so, didn't go to Universal until the kids were older. I was watching some of my older home videos, and I saw the old pre-show video. And when I, I obviously haven't seen that for a long time, and when I watched it it did kind of make the ride and the theme of the ride make more sense because whenever I hear people saying that they don't really like the ride, it's because they don't understand what's going on. Like, I I just, I don't get the story. I don't get where we're at with it. But the original concept for the ride was that you'd walk in and you'd watch this pre-show video by Steven Spielberg and he was basically sat in a cinema watching E.T., and then he'd be like, I'm going to cast you guys as actors and you're going to be immersed in these scenes inspired by E.T. So it was kind of like you were going to be in an E.T. sequel. And so then he'd play a little bit of a story about Botanicus and how Botanicus um, was calling E.T. from the Green Planet because the Green Planet was in danger and you'd have these passes which weren't passports at that time they were kind of like backstage passes like um set passes so you the whole story is that you were actors in these scenes from a new et film that makes so much more sense yeah and so when i when i watched that again i was like i actually don't know why they even changed this story because it really does make so much more sense. That's why he's so pissed off on the, this one. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like I, it was like a, a really old grainy video, so it obviously needs updating. But I don't know why they chose to completely change the the backstory of the ride. I think that's one of the biggest problems with the ride is that. I think you, to a certain extent, I can feel a bit of nostalgia when you're kind of going through the forest with E.T. on the bike, that kind of stuff, uh, to a certain extent. I Don't get me wrong, I think everything on that section looks incredibly dated, like Peter Pan's flight dated. Oh. But I think when you get to the Green Planet, I just don't care. Like, I just, 
I'm just not invested in the story. I don't care about any of these characters. They all look like somebody was, you know, on magic mushrooms when they came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and that's why I'm just like, well, and, and then the passport doesn't work most of the time. No. Um, and you get the person in front of you names that he's reading out or it doesn't even work. And uh, that, I think, just kind of just takes it out of the whole experience. Yeah, I feel point, like that's though. maybe more to do with uh, the the team members that they have working on there because they don't take an awful lot of effort and put a lot of, you know, theatre into into the experience before you get on the ride. And so they don't care that they're mixing your cards up. Yeah, but yeah. I think... With the party ahead of you. I think, I think, I think Ryan hit a good point, which is the fact that if you went on Jaws... So I remember back when Jaws was, and everyone knows how... Jaws, the film, you know, any of the films end, right? But if you've done that ride and Jaws dies, and then you carried on and Spoiler. you saw, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I should have, I should have. They sp- took a guest on every ride. And yeah, you never I, saw him again. I, I should have, uh, I should have put a spoiler warning for a forty-year-old film. Um, forty-year-old film. But if they'd, if you'd finished like Jaws and the shark dies, and then you carry on on the ride, and then you see all these new characters like waving at you or talking to you that you'd never seen before, you would think, "What the fuck is going on?" Whilst you know, with ET, that's exactly done. It. It's like you're starting the film that you know, and so you kind of recognise the scenario that you're going on, and then you end up on this planet you've never seen. With all these things you've never seen, never heard of, never spoken about, because they've got nothing to do with ET the film, and so it's like a mix match of of what it's actually trying to be. And going back to your comment about it being dated, I mean, me and Craig, um, when we went on it a few months ago, we were talking about how poor the animatronics are. I mean, they are shockingly, shockingly bad. But they are animatronics from 1990. Yeah, what? But yeah, but then update them. It's no, not that's like why you got to rip all that out. Yeah. Look at look at what they've done on uh, like the Navi boat ride in Disney. You know? Yeah, so I keep, mean that's incredible. Keep the forest, rip the back end out, and I quite like what Nick was saying in terms of replace it with actually scenes from the movie, from the original movie. Would you do that? What you're saying to a classic Disney yeah. attraction like Peter Pan? I would, yeah, but I would personally get rid of Peter Pan and, and put, we were talking about it, I think, Dan, just last week, or maybe in this week. No, it was this week's episode, yeah, or few, so, yeah. several weeks ago, if you're listening at Christmas. Um, <laughs> um, and we were saying we would gut all of the animatronics in that and put in new ones. But keep it Peter Pan. But keep it Peter Pan, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, it's hugely popular. Yeah, It's a small yeah, world. Still. Uh-huh. So again, it's a business tree. It's a small world. But that's the thing. Like, I think, I think the ET ride, especially the first part of it. I think when you go on it, you you're looking around and thinking, "There's missed opportunity here." It could be. It's a. It's it's good. I'm not even going to say it's poor. It's good, but it could be so much better than what it actually is. And that sequence in the film is obviously quite long. Um, I know you're kind of stuck now because of making. You know, send a ride out like it is, so you kind of go up, you fly up, and then you carry on the rest of the ride doing that. But to be honest, I if they gutted out that second part of the ride, and for the like that half where you were supposed to be on ET's planet was just you flying above the city, 
looking at people down below you waving wait, uh, walkie-talkies because Spielberg had to change the guns to walkie-talkies. Um, I'd be happy with that. I'd actually think I'd enjoy that more than what we've got at the moment. We now have to briefly interrupt the podcast to have a few words from our sponsors. Is After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. How can you be prepared for your next Disney vacation? By booking with me. You don't want to be that guy that's stuck in the crowds, waiting in the four-hour Pandora lines, and being turned away at restaurants. Contact me at WPMagicJourneys.com. Tell me you heard this ad at Dis After Dark to get $25 off your deposit. Best of all, there's no charge for my services, so Hakuna Matata, because you will... And now, back to the show. I would kind of enjoy that, like, just from a, like, a nostalgia point of view as yeah. well. And I think, I think I can't do it right now because it, the, whole, the whole half, like, kind of latter half of the ride just ruins it. And the music as well. Like, you, could, you could have the theme all the way through that ride. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of the music, like... One of the key parts of the ride is that is the music by John Williams throughout the ride. So that was the first attraction Epic. to have its own original music score. Wow. So you just want to rip that up, boys, and just burn it yeah, to the ground? I just want to get rid of that and just play the, the regular E.T. soundtrack all the way through it. After all that hard work, alive. John Williams friggin' did. John Williams is still alive. Bring him back. Get him to edit it. Get them to, to recreate it for a new. Well, hang, a new on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just because what? the original composer does something doesn't mean it's good. It's <gasps> great. The, the soundtrack of the ET ride is ridiculously good. But so was so was the soundtrack for the original Soren. Yeah. Okay, but I don't hear anybody complaining about the new soundtrack. It's very similar. They've just evolved it. So why couldn't you? Why couldn't you do the same? Keep the soundtrack similar, but just get it to fit the new scenes in the second half of the ride. Yeah, and the other thing that we haven't talked about is we know that Spielberg is a, is a you know he's got a big soft spot for that ride, and presumably Universal want to keep Spielberg on board. So if you keep the ride but then update it with his approval, you know you can keep him happy. Well, as much as I'd love to see updates to the ride, and I've got ideas of what I'd love the ride to be in my head from watching the films from watching the film I still feel like it would just be taken away from the, from the nostalgia of the ride so as much as I do feel like things should be updated or could be updated or 
things that could be changed in the ride. I feel I, I feel scared about them ever possibly doing that because I don't want it to end up with like projections or screens or. Yeah, it needs to I be think... animatronics, doesn't it? I mean, it, it, it needs it to does, be physical. Yeah. I think but Universal at... have a real problem at the moment with this attraction. So they they've either they've either got to get rid of it, in my opinion, because when I whenever I've been over there the last few years, October November time, it's had probably five minutes or under of a queue, which is which is dangerous. It's the same as other rides like um, Figment in Epcot. I love the character, but actually that ride probably does need to go and be replaced with something else. Yeah. Um, and it's the same kind of thing. Like they either get rid of the ride, which I think is a real possibility. They've got relationships with Nintendo happening. There's all kind of rumours of what's going on there, or they have to improve it. I don't think they can just let it be. I for, not for much longer. When you look at it, the, the fact that it's closed in every other Universal park, mm-hmm. I think it does kind of set up down a path that might not be reversible. Um, you know, Spielberg's getting on a bit. There's only so long that they need to keep him happy for. I'm gonna. They're gonna freeze his head, though. Amanda, you can never forget about it in in senile years. Well, that or he's not going to be around to even argue the point. (laughs) Amanda, I when I went to when I went to Universal and had a really good time, I really still thought that I wanted to go and see Kong. Um. And so I started to make plans to go to Hollywood so I could go on the, you know, what was left of, of the King Kong attraction, which I know wasn't the same as Orlando, but to see that giant animatronic ape is what I wanted to see. That obviously had a massive fire, which burned that down and burnt down the um, the clock tower from Back to the Future and all that area. Um, they decided when all was said and done that they were going to replace it with a new Kong attraction. If something unfortunate happened to E.T., God forbid, what would you like them to do? Bearing in mind they are not going to make a like for like if that happened. Okay, so if if that happened, I would prefer it to be all based on the film. However, as much as you guys are hating on the, the second half of the ride... And the characters in that. <laughs> I really love that. So I love in the pre-show where you're introduced to the characters and you're introduced to the fact that they're E.T.'s friends and then they're natives of the Green Planet. And I love going through and seeing them. I love going through and seeing all the little tiny E.T.'s. Like that, the second half of the ride, I love just as much as the first half of the ride. Does anyone else feel the same way as Amanda does about that second half? I would be I... interested to see what would happen if E.T. didn't make it back to the Green Planet because that's how that's how much I dislike the Green Planet. <laughs> <laughs> what what makes you feel like that though? Like what what do you hate so much about it? Uh, I don't mind the little mini E.T.s because they kind of fit into the story in, in a way, but everything else just seems really odd. Like it just doesn't seem it just doesn't work for me, and it just looks really dated. And you've got things saying "Welcome Home" and all that kind of stuff's going on. There's water kind of shooting out, but it stops before you even get close to it. There's all kind of things going on, and at the end, you're just like, "What the hell just happened?" You know what it's like looking at looking at that area, other than the little ETs. It's almost like Spielberg went to like a local school and said, "Kids, draw me some monsters." <laughs> 
and then they turn them into the creatures on the green planet because n- none of them correlate at all. No, they don't. But if you, I'm trying to reframe it to how to how I see it in my head. So the way that I look at it is, it was Universal's opportunity to bring to immerse you into the film, but also create something original. So we don't know what the green planet looks like. We don't know what else lives on the green planet. So this was their opportunity to create completely original concepts and completely original characters. And I really, really like how weird they are and how they're all completely different. And Every I feel like time I ride it, I pull out new things, new things that I've never seen. For me, it's as good as... <laughs> it's, for me it's like the Haunted Mansion you always find something new to look at for a second I thought you were comparing the two attractions there but you very quickly corrected yourself <laughs> isn't it funny what? that Spielberg's never made a sequel to E.T. though I honestly I wouldn't like it I wouldn't, I wouldn't like them to do that I think too many films get sequels and too many films get reboots and I feel like it just takes so much away like why can't could, we just have this one, this one classic film? There's just one of it. But what could possibly go wrong? Haven't you ever seen Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? <laughs> that doesn't exist. It's what are you talking about? They're making so number good. four in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love the fact that we get to see these original characters, and I like how weird and wonderful it is because you, w- if you went to visit a completely different planet, you wouldn't come away from it thinking. Yeah, that's totally normal. You come away from it most likely thinking, "What the fuck have I just seen? What the hell are those creatures?" You only have to watch the Blue Planet that was on the BBC a few weeks ago. <laughs> see what it did there, and you're going under, and you're seeing all these different creatures on our planet, and, and some of them I've never seen. Most of them I haven't seen, so it's just the same. If you landed on E.T.'s planet, you wouldn't expect everybody to be riding on buses, using telephones and just eating cheeseburgers and <laughs> bananas. Would you? I really like your comparisons. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. I think I think those characters, as much as people are confused by them, I think they they need to be like that because you do need to come away from it thinking that was a really weird experience because I was on another planet. Agreed. I think the people that made those characters were on another planet. I don't know about, about if, if Pro- I was really probably, was. probably. I mean, yeah. But I, I really, really like them. I like, I like how they all have the little things about them. They all have their own little areas, and you, you can tell what the personality is like. You can tell, you know, each the characters apart from each other. They're not all just ETs. It would be completely different if you went there and it was just a sea of ETs. I think, exactly. though, let me, if I can compare two alien worlds, imagine, uh, let's compare Pandora to the Green Planet. And I know they're 35-odd years apart, but in Pandora you feel kind of like you're engrossed in the world, whereas here it just feels like you're in a, a, an a, attraction from... 1991 or whenever it was i i agree with that but i feel like if et so right okay say we had and the only thing that i can really compare et to from recent years is stranger things so if we were to have a stranger things attraction come out now it would be along the same kind of vein as 
Pandora. So we we would feel completely immersed in it because of the technologies that mm-hmm. we have and the things that we can do. Whereas in you know nineteen well before nineteen ninety so maybe like nineteen eighty eight nineteen eighty seven when they were creating the concepts for the ride, we didn't have that kind of thing. So this was this is all physical effect based on the technology that we had back then. So I feel like for the fact that it's so old and it was done such a long time ago, they did a fantastic job with the technology that they had. They did, yeah. Yeah, this is it. This is what we're saying. Like if they just like completely ripped it out and replaced it with new ET things, I don't think I would be on the team hating it. Or if if they made so if we I'm gonna I'm going to need to send you guys the original the original pre-show video because then you can see the E.T. animatronic in that. But if we were to make an E.T. animatronic from scratch now, it wouldn't look the same way that the E.T. animatronic did then, I don't think. And so I think, I just feel like it would take, it would just take away from it. I think, though... No. Amanda, I think the the biggest problem with your argument is the fact that you're, and there's nothing wrong with it, but is that you've got such an emotional um, attachment and, and, you know, kind of looking back at it through rose-tinted glasses. You know, I think you're right in what you said, that when it was first conceived, it was, you know, arguably probably ahead of its time. There wasn't much else like it. Um, it was quite unusual. Uh, and everything looks quite good. But fast forward, you know, almost 30 years later, and the technology is, you know, really poor. The animatronics are terrible. Everything is involved. In fact, I think it might be the only universal attraction which doesn't try and squirt water in your face. That shows you how far behind it is, <laughs> in, you know, in terms of, of every other attraction they do. And, I, you know, the thing is, whilst... On one hand, I would like to see E.T. replaced with something else. I think, going back to a point I think Dan made right at the beginning, and yourself, that Universal don't seem to have many original attractions left from their opening days, but also Universal now is full of a lot of properties which aren't theirs. And so one good thing about E.T. is it has that history. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a Universal film. And it's synonymous with it. And so I don't necessarily think that getting rid of E.T. as a whole is is wise. I think it's good if they do keep something like that. But at the same time, I think it needs a massive, massive overhaul. Uh, what I it doesn't need... massive. I was going to say, what it doesn't need is what Universal seems to do with every attraction now is is kind of add some 3d element i don't think it needs that i think it still should stick to the practical effects mm-hmm. but i do I, I do think i mean as we've said everything just feels too dated i think when you look at the queue you feel pretty you know engrossed in the, the story but as soon as you get onto the attraction you see those dodgy police officers uh, you know firing their walkie-talkies at you it starts to go downhill and i think there, there must be a way without getting rid of it if you know if they have to keep it that they can improve that i feel like if they were to just pick small things to update i wouldn't i wouldn't be so upset about it so if they were to maybe update the the police animatronics 
but maybe keep the older ones as kind of Easter eggs somewhere else in the ride. I wouldn't be so upset about Put that. Put them in the ride queue. Put yeah. them in the ride queue so you can see them in the distance when you're queuing up in the forest. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. But then if they were to put, like, super state-of-the-art, you know, Pandora-type animatronics in there, I don't think that that would fit in with the rest of the ride. So I think it would need to be somewhere in the middle. Do you know what I'd love? If they took those animatronics out and replaced them with actors. That would be be cool. That would be interesting. I'd like to see the people playing the Green Planet Aliens. (laughs) <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't necessarily I, talking I about that some of those people <laughs> yeah I've seen him in Glasgow on Saturday night um, yeah. but no I mean just, just, like, I was thinking about this when we went um, when we was doing um, Halloween Horror Nights and like you was doing The Shining or something like that where they've got the audio so they obviously press a button and they pop out at you and they're mouthing the audio as they're trying to scare you if they did that for ET, so they react, you know, so like you, you had people acting as you heard them speaking, as you do now on the ride, I think that'd be really effective and would be something new. It would probably save a lot of money initially in terms of how much, you know, the technology behind the animatronics cost because it would need completely redoing anyway. And I just think it would be something a bit new. I agree oh, but what with a that. job. But, and I completely volunteered to do it at Universal. So if you want to ship me over and you know give me a job, I'll do it. It's fine. But I spoke about this a little bit on our Patreon episode. The only thing, and it's literally the only thing that I don't like about the ride, is the. I'm not saying like individual team members, but I just don't. I don't get anything from the team members that work there. So if the team members were more themed in the same way that we have the team members that work in the Wizarding World, maybe, I think it would work an awful lot better and it would add more to the experience. So if you had the team members maybe acting as the kids. Or the chefs. Isn't it the the fact that the raid is kind of, you know, not, not that busy? It's, it's not their top attraction, so therefore, maybe the cast members that they put on it aren't their top cast members. Maybe, but I mean, even down to the to the outfit, so they just wear like a plain blue polo yeah. shirt, and I could kind of understand that when it was the old pre-show and you were supposed to be actors. But your whole the whole point of the ride now is that you you're not an actor; you're actually going to the green planet to go and save the planet. So why can't they be more themed? They are terrible. I mean, out of all of the the rides and attractions at Universal, I would say, in terms of team members, cast members, um, they are probably the most miserable I've seen. Yeah, but it's not because they're on ET. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even like I get really excited. Riding ET is the highlight of my trip when I go there. Obviously. So it's the first thing that I want to do, and I'm really excited when I get there. And as soon as I get off, I want to get straight back on and go around again. But even trying to have a conversation with them, they're not, they don't know anything about the rides. Like, yeah. I rode with one of my friends who works at Universal, and he was like, hey, do you know whether the E.T. that sits in your basket actually has an E.T. face, or is it just, or is it just like kind of a shape underneath a sheet? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. 
So I asked one of the team members, and they're just like, don't know. Yeah. You do get the impression you go up to the person taking your name, and you go, and they go, name. And you go, oh, how's your day today? There you go. How's your day today? Yeah. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm excited. Like, have just have a bit of fun. But if they were to, even if they were to just have a different a different outfit on, I think I'd feel differently about it. So if they were to maybe wear like cute little red hoodies, or they were to just dress dress like other kids from the film, I think it would just add a little bit more to it. But that's the only thing that I honestly do not like about the ride. Somebody mentioned Stranger Things though, and I can't get the vision out of my head of what happened if we just gutted it and put Stranger Things in there. <laughs> That's the bikes are already there. The bikes are there. Oh, nice Why life. can't We've we have Amanda. So, let's have it. You can have a Stranger Things attraction, brand new, all up to date, or you can keep E.T. Honestly, as much as I love Stranger Things, and I really, really do love it, I'd keep E.T. Unbelievable. No, not unbelievable. Guys, <laughs> no, I'd keep ET as well because of one word that I've heard repeatedly on this podcast tonight, today, or Christmas Day, God bless you, Queen and Jesus, is nostalgia. And that, whether it's full, riddled with faults that could be improved on or not, it's nostalgia all the way. I've got memories with my girls on this ride. I've got memories with Nick Branch on this ride, <laughs> with Stuart Miller on this ride. Going right back to 1993, you rip it out, it's the last vestige of greatness gone from Universal. Universal is 11 or 12 multiplex cinemas around a toxic lake at this point. E.T. is the only piece of goodness that is keeping it real. And horror makeup show. Yeah, horror makeup show. And a horror makeup show, yeah. God bless Don't you. touch the horror makeup show. <laughs> Nobody touch it. <laughs> Amanda, apparently, uh, the pre-show, the original pre-show was discontinued because Spielberg wanted to change it for the 20th anniversary. Hmm. Spielberg! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I don't even, I don't mind the new, the new pre-show. Like, I, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me in any way. I still really enjoy it. But I do just feel like, the ride just doesn't make as much sense to people now that they have the new pre-show. Have we changed anyone's minds, Amanda? Have we? No. No. (laughs) Keep the queue. Redo the rest of it. Just put Johnny Depp in. (laughs) No, don't put Johnny Depp in. An animatronic Johnny Depp, why not? He's even weirder than the Green Planet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it'll make even less sense. Yeah. Okay, is there anything more that the ET heyers want to say on ET? I don't think so. I, I I'm kind of, I kind of uh I do see like I did I came into this with a quite a closed mind, if I'm honest. But there is some there is some nostalgia in there. I don't want to see them close ET and replace it with another three D moving simulator. That's definitely not what I want to see. But I I want to see something different now. Whether that's a completely reinvented ride of ET or something new, um, I'm kind of 
I don't I don't mind if they close ET. I wouldn't wouldn't be that upset about it. But at the same time, if there was an opportunity to update it, I would probably be on board. Okay, Dan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I, I mean I appreciate your nostalgia, but for me, it just just everything just needs to progress and we need something new in there but i agree with ryan you can't can't have another 3d ride in there um so i, I if if it was 3d ride or or renovated et i would go for renovated et but yeah for me it's, it's still got to go uh i mean i think i don't think we discussed nick's offer of torching it <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't i don't that think i said I don't think I said I would torch it. You said somebody might, and I think Dan is volunteering. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, as long as he's not me. I mean, I would, I would just blame Adam Goodyear anyway. But uh, They would fun. have to torch me too. Ouch. If you take an ET down, I'm going down with ET. So let that be on everyone's conscience. You'd go off like a freaking tinderbox, you, girl, with all that <laughs> moose on your head. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> Okay, Nick, any any closing thoughts? Yeah, you know what? Thinking about what they could do for that ride building, it would make an excellent How to Train Your Dragon attraction. So that's what I think. I love E.T. Um, as a thing, I think it's well past its prime, and I think a new attraction going in there would be a wondrous thing. Sorry, Amanda. So are you, don't Nick. Okay, before before we close off here, I'm just going to tell you a little a little thing from my last trip in september so i think i may have already spoke about this on one of the regular universal after dark shows but basically it was one of those rare times when the queue was about 20 minutes and i'd already ridden it about five times that day but i was behind a family this time for quite a while and the whole entire time this girl it was probably about 12 or 13 was going around and telling her mom and dad oh this i've heard that this ride is a total VR experience and you do this and there's these screens and you wear these glasses and like things come out at you and blah 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 and the whole time I'm like stood next to Ash and I'm like I'm gonna tell her that she's wrong I'm gonna tell her that she's wrong and Ash is like no just like let, let her be because she'll see what it's gonna be like and like stop being so up yourself about eating and so she was talking it up so much to mum and dad about all this virtual reality shit and she came off the ride and I was watching her the whole entire time and she was so amazed by the animatronics and she was so amazed that it was all physical things. And when she got off the ride, she was like, wow, that was incredible. And I was like, yes, it was because it was all real stuff. And obviously she's so used to seeing things like Jimmy Fallon where you've got your glasses on and Transformers. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them because I really do enjoy them. But I think it was just so different for her to see things like the animatronics like a real christmas miracle (laughs) it's you know what it's important yeah no i'm I'm with you i think it is important to still have those things and whatever happens with et or if they try and change it i think everybody's in agreement that it needs to stay to a similar kind of attraction and not go down the standard 3D route, which they seem to be favouring at the moment. Completely exactly. agree. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, in closing, ET is the best and it should stay forever. But if you have any thoughts on ET, I really want to hear them. The whole rest of the team really want to hear them. So, whether you love ET and you want it to stay forever, 
or whether you think there just needs to be some changes or you want to get rid of it altogether, we really want to hear what you think about it. So let us know on Twitter or our Facebook page. So search After Dark Podcast on Facebook or search Universal After Dark or Does After Dark on Twitter. We are going to be having a very similar episode over on Theme Park Trader, but this time it's going to be all around Space Mountain. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's a preview for you. Who loves Space Mountain? Who hates Space Mountain? You're going to have to go over to the Theme Park Trader podcast feed to find that out. So head over there, check that one out, but definitely let us know what you thought about this episode. And we will see you guys next time. Hope you've had the most magical Christmas ever. Um, baby Jesus, y'all. <laughs> E.T. Fauna Friend. Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support us and the other After Dark Podcast Network shows, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash disafterdark. As well as supporting the show, there are other goodies available, including badges and soon t-shirts available as a thank you for your support. Don't forget it's Christmas Day, Amanda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like Blue Peter this. I counted you in five about uh, 15 seconds. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you were going to count me in in five. Well, I, I, said, when I said five, that's kind of what I... Anyway, right.